Ladies and gentlemen, I am thankful that Jesus Christ loved me so much that He became the propitiation for my sins and for the sins of all those who will call upon Him. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4 say, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. You see, my friends, it was always, always, always the plan of God to give us His mercy and His grace through His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. It was always, always, always the plan to give us eternal life, to deliver us from our sin and to redeem us unto Himself. Hebrews 9, verses 27 and 28 say, As it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this to judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, but unto them that look for Him shall He appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Jesus Christ died for sin. But He did not die for His own sin. He died for the sins of all of us. He died for us so that we can call on Him. So that we can know that we have hope beyond this life. So that we can know that there is a better place waiting for us. The trials and the tribulations, the struggles of this world are as life is. They are a vapor here today and gone tomorrow. But faith in Jesus Christ and His gift of His life, His yoke upon us, is eternal and will never be taken from us. Romans 6 verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death. Because we are sinners, we will die. We will shed these mortal bodies and we will leave this realm of existence and go into the realm that is true to the real place to our real home which is more real than anything we will ever see here it says for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord we will receive that eternal life if you trust in Jesus Christ for that eternal life second Peter verse Chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That all should turn away from our ideas and what we think life should be and turn towards the, the pureness, the holiness, the righteousness that is Jesus Christ to trust Him and to receive Him, accept Him into ourselves so that we may be sealed by His Holy Spirit, by that Comforter. Romans 10 verse 13 seals the deal. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It doesn't say whosoever uh, call, will call upon the name of the Lord might be saved. It doesn't say that you could be saved. It doesn't say if you do enough good works or you're holy and righteous enough within yourself, you, you, you'll be saved. It says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. My friends, trust that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, that He rose again on the third day. And then ask Him to forgive you for your sins and to give you His eternal life. This I pray for each and every one of us. God bless.
Welcome back to Running Waters Podcast, where we're taking the gospel and teachings of Christ to the world. Today is Friday, February 4th, 2022, and I'm your host, Kevin Rimlinger. As always, I'm thankful that you've taken time out of your busy schedule to hear what I have gleaned from the Word of God. Today, we are going to continue our season of Ephesians study. Our topic today will be part two of the will of the Lord. I want to go through uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 9 again. And then we will do a quick recap of what we studied last Friday. And then we'll get into what we're going to study this week. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, wherein He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He hath purposed in Himself. Praise the Lord. So last week, we looked at three items with a few rabbit trails in between. We're not going to talk about the rabbit trails. We'll talk about the three items of the actual message. Number one, we looked at Jesus Christ. The will of the Lord is to be accepted in the beloved. And then we looked at Matthew chapter 3 and Matthew chapter 7 to see that Jesus Christ is that beloved who we want to be accepted in. Number two, we looked at it is the will of the Lord that we share the gospel with every single person. And we talked about Romans chapter 1 verse 16 where we're not to be ashamed of the gospel and if we want to show that we're not ashamed of the gospel then we need to share the gospel, the death, resurrection of Jesus Christ, and our redemption through that. And then we looked at uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. It says, Therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And how it is not the will of the Lord that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that is why it seems like he is tarrying, but he is not tarrying. And then number three, we looked at the will of the Lord wants us to live a life that glorifies Him. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we saw that the will of God is our sanctification. And we saw that sanctification is to be set apart uh, to a sacred purpose or religious use. We looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. It says, 
There is no sin that has taken you, but which is common to man. The devil has not changed his ways since the beginning of history of man until now. But God, who is great in his grace and in his mercy, has given us a way out of every single temptation by his power. And one way that we saw that we can do that is Matthew chapter 6, verses 33 and 34, by seeking the kingdom of God first and his righteousness, his righteousness being the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We looked at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17, that we walk not uh, circumspectly, I'm sorry, uh, which means careful to consider all circumstances and possible consequences of our decisions. One uh, thing that we can see if we consider our decisions is that we choose to sin against God, therefore hurting God. The other way we can go is choose to take the way out of temptation that God gives us with every temptation, therefore pleasing our God and our Savior. We saw in Romans 12, 1 and 2 that we have uh, been given uh, an opportunity to present our bodies a living sacrifice, which will be holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. And that by living a lifetime, living a lifetime of serving God, we will be in the will of God, glorifying Him, and more able to serve Him and mankind, and glorifying Him. Now today, we're going to begin with Number four, God, His will is to live our lives in thankfulness. The will of the Lord is to live our lives in thankfulness. And we'll turn over to Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15. 15. We'll read this and then we will pray. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15, the Word of God says, By Him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You for Your knowledge and Your wisdom, Lord God. I pray that You'll be with me and help me to teach and to preach today. Do not let me say anything that is wrong, and help me to say everything that is right to your glory, to encourage the saints, to exhort all those that will hear this. I thank you, I praise you, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. To live our lives in thankfulness. So let's read that, let's read that verse one more time. By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving Thanks to His name. Sacrifice of praise. Pretty good question I've got here. Why would praise be a sacrifice? Why would praise be a sacrifice? It seems like it should be easy. It should be easy to thank someone for what they've done for us. It's easy. When I'm at a restaurant and I order my food and the waiter or waitress comes to me and they give me, my, give me my food, I say thank you. 
They didn't do anything special. They did their job. Why? Say thank you because, well, in that case, it's polite. They did their job. They did it well. They didn't spit in my food or anything like that. Hopefully, they didn't drop it on the ground. Five-second rule doesn't apply in my mind. Um, the one-second rule doesn't apply in my mind. If you drop my food on the kitchen floor, you better throw it away and bring me food that has not been dropped on the floor and cooked correctly. But I thank them for that. If I go to a gas station and I get gas or I get a drink or both, I thank the guy behind the counter. Why? Because he's doing a job and I'm thankful that he's doing that job. So why would it be hard to praise and thank God who not only feeds us and clothes us and gives us life and gives us eternal life and gives us our breath and gives us our sight and gives us our ability to do the things that we do and even in the worst of circumstances gives us the opportunity to trust Him as our Lord and Savior so that even if this life is horrible, even if we go through suffers, sufferings and pains in this life, in the next life, we will have perfection in our bodies, in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls for all of eternity. Why is it hard to thank God considering just that little bit of all the blessings that He has for us? I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. Other than human beings in general are selfish needy, wantful creatures, and it's hard for us to be truly thankful. I remember a story. This is, my pastor told me this story, and I don't remember the names of the people in the story, but I do remember the story, and it, it, it truly touched my heart. I remember the story, the rest of the story well. Our preacher's family on their way to church one time was on their way to church one day. I don't remember why the preacher wasn't with them, but he wasn't. The family, his wife and daughter, crossed a bridge over a river that had been covered with water from the rains that had fallen all week. There was a flood. The wife thought she could make it across the bridge. It didn't seem that bad, she thought. She could, if she was careful she could cross this. So she began to cross the bridge. Unfortunately, the current took the car through the already damaged railing and the family car was covered by the water. Both the mom and the daughter died drowning in that river. Now the preacher gets the word that his family had died on the way to church. And um, he goes to the morgue and they have the wife and the daughter laying next to each other on the slabs. They pull back the sheets and there lies this man, this preacher's whole world, his wife and his young daughter.
The story goes that he cried in pain. You know, that pain that comes with losing your loved ones. And, and he fell across them to, to embrace them, to hold them one last time. And as he does this, his hand raises towards heaven and prays to God. He tries to put his hand down, but he can't. He, he literally asks his hand, What are you doing? He looks at his hand and says, Why are you lifting in praise to the God who has taken my wife and my young daughter? And suddenly... Suddenly he feels a peace that he can't even understand. Then he realizes his wife and daughter are forever with the Lord. He realizes that, yes, he's lost his beautiful wife and his beautiful young daughter and they died this horrible death, but now... They being born again, they being redeemed, they are with the Lord. And He, also being saved by the blood of the Lamb, will one day be able to reconnect with them in heaven, in a more perfect place where they will never again be separated. Where death cannot take them away from each other. Where pain and sorrow is no longer existent. Where they can literally bow down their faces before the Lord, their God, the Savior, Jesus Christ. Who died for them. He literally looks at his hand and he says, You're right. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that while I'm away from my family for just a few minutes, just a few hours, just a few years, one day for all of eternity, we will be together. Praise God that our hope is not in this world and even in our relationships in this world, but our hope, our praise, our thankfulness is in the world to come. But we only have that if we're born again. Turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 18. We'll start in verse 16. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We're going to keep going. Quench not the Spirit. 
I want to read those again. Those are really don't need any extra. Verse 16, rejoice evermore. Verse 17, pray without ceasing. Verse 18, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And verse 19, quench not the Spirit. What is it that makes you complain? What is it, makes, what is it that makes you forget how good God has been to you? What is it that seems like it's bigger than what God has for you? That same pastor that told me the story about the preacher who lost his wife, he had a saying, and he said it all the time, every day, especially when things were going wrong. And it was very simple and very powerful. Praise God anyhow. Praise God anyhow. Turn over to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Four, Philippians 4 verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Verse 7, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. This is an amazing verse. We're told here that we can pray for whatever we want. It doesn't say that we'll get all that we ask for. It doesn't tell us that. It's just... That's just something God has never promised us. It says that we can pray for whatever we want. And that's not the reason for the thanksgiving part. The reason we should be giving thanks is because God hears us. He listens to our prayers. He cares so much for us that He will listen to every single petty thing that we asked for. And even better, after He hears our prayer, He answers every single prayer. Well, I prayed for this, and I prayed for that, and He never, he never gave me an answer. He never gave me what I wanted. I said He answers the prayer. I didn't say He gives you what you asked for. We already discussed that. After he hears our prayer, sometimes he says yes. And thank God when he does. And then we pray for something that we just don't need. Maybe we think we can handle it, but we can't. Or maybe it's just sin. And God doesn't want us to sin, therefore he's not going to give us things that we want to sin with. So he says no. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. The prayer is answered. And then other times, sometimes the answer is wait. Sometimes he may think that sometime in the future, he may know that sometime in the future you can handle what you're asking for. Maybe you're asking for that million dollars, but right now if you get that million dollars, you're going to waste it away on 
riotous living. Maybe you think you're sanctified, and maybe you think you're living a circumspect life. Maybe you think you can handle it, but right now, God knows that if He were to give it to you, all of a sudden, all the joy that you have in the Lord would go towards that money, and it would become your new God. Maybe He's saying, oh, sure, I'll give you a million dollars when I know you can handle it. <laughs> if you're anything like me, and you ask for those silly or ridiculous things. Sometimes maybe the answer is lol. <laughs> Either way, in His infinite wisdom and grace, He hears and He does answer all of our prayers. Turn over to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. We're in Philippians chapter 4. You turn over a few pages if you're in your Bible. And you'll be in Colossians chapter 3. And we're going to look at verse 17. Verse 17. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. And whatsoever ye do in the work or... I'm sorry. And whatsoever ye do in work or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by whom... Giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Yeah, praise God. And whatsoever you, you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. So, live your life in a way that God will be pleased with you. And no matter what's going on in your life, thank God and praise Him. If you can't think of a reason to thank Him and praise Him, do it anyway. Praise God anyhow, because there is a reason. And if you can't think of nothing, think about this. You're still alive. You're still breathing. And even if you were to die in the next moment, praise God and thank Him, because if you're born again, then you'll be with Him for all of eternity. To be absent from the body, present with the Lord. Okay, number five. Point number five. It is the will of the Lord to know the mind of the Lord. It is the will of the Lord to know the mind of the Lord. Turn back over to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. We'll go back to our text in this King James Bible, Ephesians chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 17 through 19. I know we didn't read these, but we're going to read them now, and then we'll read them again later uh, in another message. Verses 17, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through 19. Starting at verse 17, it says, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what is the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe according to the work, according to the working of His mighty power. 
Let's look at verse 20. Let's look at, go down to 20. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the, that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet to give him to be the head over all things to the church, which is the body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. We just needed verses 17 through 19, but the rest of that was too good to pass up, so why not? To know the mind of the Lord is the will of the Lord. 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians. 1 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I hope that I've done well in this episode, in the last one, in all of them for that matter, in all of my preaching and teaching. I hope that I've done well in doing this by studying and knowing the mind of God to getting into his word and and asking him for his wisdom and his knowledge I hope that I have done well in helping you to understand I hope that I've rightly divided the word of truth and I hope that I've brought some understanding to all those that are reading and studying the word of the Lord on a daily basis so it says to study the word of the Lord study the word of the Lord we have this Bible we have this, this beautiful book right here that gives us all this information. And it, it's just a book. In all honesty, if I was to pick up just a regular novel, even about this size, I could read it in a few days, maybe a week, depending on the time that I have. I would just read straight through it, and it would be easy and simple. So why is it that when you read this one, why is it that when you take this book, you have to have Bible plans for reading through the Bible in a year? That's strange, isn't it? That I could read a book this size in a few days or a week, and this particular book I can't read. I have to have a plan to read it one time in a year, three chapters a day for a year? Strange, isn't it? And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. If you can read the Bible through in, in a week, that's great. But reading it through in a year, what does that give you? It gives you time to, to think on the things of God. To silah means to think upon these things, to meditate on these things, to, to ask God what He means here and there, to go into the Word and realizing that in 2 Timothy chapter 2, there's something else maybe in, I'm just coming off the top of my head, maybe in Malachi in the Old Testament that goes back to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Or if you go to John chapter 3 verse 16, maybe you can go back to Isaiah chapter 53 and see something that God has that goes with that there, line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept. And this is... It takes so long to read this book because 
It's a living word. It's a living book. It doesn't just, it's not a novel. It's not something that you can read and sit down and be like, well, that was pretty interesting. This gives you the words of life. It gives you the way to live your life. It gives you the truth so that you may have eternal life. So that you may have a more abundant life. So study the Word of the Lord. Study the Word of God. Not just, not, don't just go and read it just to read it. Don't just study it for sermons or for teaching. and Not just so that you can show what kind of knowledge you have, but study the Word so that you can have better fellowship with the God and the Savior and the Holy Spirit who put this together for His glorification and for our edification. So that you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ, which is what true Christianity is. It's not just a religion, but it is a relationship. And that's what we need to understand. And, no, and another thing, we need to study the people of God. Now, before I get too far into this, let me say this. The people of God are never going to be perfect here on earth. In this world, we cannot be perfect. The people of God will fail God and therefore will fail you. So when we're studying the people of God, we need to understand that we cannot put them on some pedestal like they are the goal to obtain to. Christ, Jesus, our Savior, that's the goal. He's the goal. He is who we should obtain to be like. We're not here to be our favorite preacher ends. We're not supposed to be like our favorite preacher. We're supposed to be like Christ. Christ-like Christian. So, when we're studying the people of God, we're not doing it because we want to be like them. We're doing it to see how they deal with situations. How they deal with sin. How they deal with temptation. How they deal with this world and the things of this world. So that we can be more bold and so that we can be encouraged and so that we can be more prepared to also deal with the things of this world with our temptation with our desires and our lusts to be able to seek first the kingdom of God in the word of God there is story after story after story on the history of everything right here in this old book we can see what people have done and how God has reacted to those people and their actions. All the good and the bad are here for the tutelage of the Word, for our admonition. And there are people, men and women, who have blessed us with their lives, giving us examples that we can now, not that we can know that a godly life is possible while we're here. We can study those lives and how they relate to the instruction of Christ and be even more encouraged and strengthened and emboldened. In other words, we have examples in the Bible. We have examples in life and we have Christ. We have no excuse to know how to live life for our Savior, for our God. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 9. Proverbs chapter 9 
And we're going to look at verse 10 of Proverbs chapter 9. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. And with that understanding, we can do something amazing. What can we do? Look at uh, verse 9 of the same chapter, Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 9. What can we do? Give instruction to a wise man, and he will yet be wiser. Teach a man, teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. So what are we what can we do? We can study to show thyself approved unto God. We can study uh, so that we understand the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We can study so that we can know who God is and what He wants from our lives so that we can teach others what God has given to us. We get to be that person that is able to help others walk with the Lord without shame, with strength, without fear, and with boldness. It's just a reminder to us all. We should always be that wise man that receives instruction. Be that just man. We can be that just man that receives teaching. No matter what we know or how much we know, we do not know it all. Stay humble and be ready to receive instruction even while you are giving or teaching. 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Back to 2 Timothy, way back over here in the New Testament. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Ephesians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, and 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16 and 17. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness, that we may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Never stop learning. Never stop receiving instruction. Never stop studying the doctrine. Not the doctrines of men, but the doctrine of God, the doctrines of Jesus Christ, what He has given to us. And made very plain and simple if you study the Scriptures. Never be afraid to be reproved by a brother. Never be afraid to be corrected. And never be afraid or so prideful 
that you will not receive instruction in righteousness. We all need help every single day. Some of the most amazing men of God that I know who can teach us pretty much anything we want to know from the Word of God will say, if they're wise, they will say, I'm still learning. I still need God's help. I still need the Holy Spirit to teach me and to remind me what I've learned. I still need that. They still need it. I still need it. You still need it. I don't care if you have the entire Word of God memorized, verse by verse, dots and, and, and commas and conan or semicolons and all that stuff. I don't care if you've memorized every single thing from this Word of God. You need help understanding God just as I do. So the conclusion... And I say conclusion, but this is just a conclusion that I have. If I wanted to take another week or two, I could probably teach every single day and still find more things that the Lord our God has willed for us. And I hope that you'll get into the Word, that this will light a fire under you and will get you to search the scriptures to find out what else the will of the Lord is for your life and for mine and for this world and everything. But for this message, this is the conclusion of the matter. Three promises from the Lord for those that are searching diligently for the will of the Lord. None of these need explanation. They're just they're here for your encouragement. Number one, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, now start in verse 57. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God, who giveth us the victory through Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It's not in vain in the Lord. Be steadfast, be strong in the Lord. There is no strength in you. There is no strength in me. There is no strength in mankind. It's all our strength comes from God. You can go to the gym and work out so much that you can lift a thousand pounds. I don't know if anybody can do that or not. But if you can, praise God for that. But you're weak. Even if you can do that, you are weak. Because all of our strength, physical, mental, emotional, uh, spiritual strength, comes from the Lord. And if you are steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for His glory, for His sake, then our work is not in vain. But if you go through this life and you are out there on the streets and you're preaching the gospel to many people, praise God for that. If you're going to the church and you're a pastor and you're standing before a congregation of tens or twenties or thirties or hundreds or even thousands and you're preaching the gospel, I thank God for that. If you're if you're going to nursing homes and you're and you're talking to those uh, men and women who have become aged and, and are living in those places and you're 
giving them the gospel of Jesus Christ and you're encouraging them and you're helping them in every way that you can. Praise God for that. If you're doing whatever it is that you're doing for the Lord, for the Lord, if you're doing all of those things, praise God for it. But if you're doing them for your own recognition, if you're doing all those things just to be seen of man, it's vanity. And the Lord doesn't care. There will be no rewards for you when you get to heaven for those things. But if you're doing them as unto the Lord, for the Lord, for His glory, and you do not want to be bragged about or, or recognized because of it, that then your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Thank God. Uh, Psalm 25. I want to try to get through these a little bit quicker. I need to shut up and and just read these last couple. Psalm 25. Psalm chapter 25. 28, 26, 25. We're going to read verses 8 through 10. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore will He teach sinners in the way. The meek will He guide in judgment, and the meek will He teach his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimony. Praise the Lord. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 through 9. Philippians chapter 4. Verses 8 through 9. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Isn't that amazing? All of it comes from God. All of it. It all comes from God. It all comes from His mercy and it all comes from His grace. I can't think of anything else to say. I think... I thank God. I just thank God for what He's given us. Heavenly Father, I thank You so much that You have given us Your Word, that You have given us Your Bible, Lord God, that You have given us what You will for our lives. I pray that You will continue to draw me nigh unto Your Word and that You will draw nigh those that are seeing this on YouTube or on the podcast or listening to this on the podcast, that the that you will draw them to your word, to your will, 
that they will receive you and all that you are unto themselves and that they will trust you to lead them in this life first of all as their Lord and Savior and second of all as their Father their God I pray that you will strengthen us and embolden us to go into this world to this country everywhere sharing you with all those that will hear. I pray this and I thank you for this and I praise you in the name of our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this episode from Running Waters Podcast. All episodes are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Twitter, and my Running Waters Podcast Facebook. On my Facebook, you can click on the link for any of these platforms and it will take you directly to the one that you enjoy listening to the most. Please don't forget to follow and share. We want the teachings, book readings, and interviews to get out to the world so they can be encouraged as I have from learning the mind of Christ and sharing him with all those who want to know him. Thank you again for listening. Thank you again for following and thank you again for sharing. God bless. Hey.